Um, I'm going to be preaching the Lord's word tonight, which I'm excited about. Um, <laughs> you guys are too much. Um, I'm excited. It's going to be a little bit different. I'm using paper, so I'm just going to start with that. I'm using paper, and I've only ever used an iPad, but Taylor's not here. So I'm using paper. So it's going to be different. So give me grace. Um, but I'm excited. I'm excited about just the book that we're going through tonight, um, the series that we're going through. And uh, Zach kicked us off last week, um, starting out in Philippians chapter 1, and I'm just picking up where he left off. Uh, I'm not going to go too much into context because Zach did just a great job last week covering a lot of that um, for the book context, but I will give just a couple couple key highlights um, that will be very specific to our text tonight. Okay, so let's get started. So the author of the book is Paul, as we heard last week, and he's writing a letter to the church he planted in a city called Philippi. And two things that I want to highlight um, is the circumstance that Paul is in while he's writing this letter um, and his relationship with the audience that he's writing to. So Paul writes this letter while he is in prison, awaiting trial, facing the possibility of being put to death. Uh, he is imprisoned for his faith in Jesus. Uh, Philippians 4.1 says to the people he's writing to, the audience says, Therefore, my brothers and sisters, you whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, stand firm in the Lord in this way, dear friends. So what I just want to highlight there is that um, it is evident throughout all of the letter that Paul has an especially close relationship with this church and has a deep affection for them. And that is important to highlight um, for the text that we're going through. Um, and because of this relationship that Paul has with the church, the church is very concerned for his well-being. And we'll see that um, in the text that we're going to go over. So I'm going to invite Bryn Lee to come up, and she is going to read our text for tonight. Woo! Yeah. So we're going to be in Philippians chapter 1, starting in verse 12 in the NIV. Now I want to... Oh, is this working? Okay. Now I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. As a result, it has become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else that I am in chains for Christ. And because of my chains, most of the brothers and sisters have become confident in the Lord and dare all the more to proclaim the gospel without fear. It is true that some preach Christ out of envy and rivalry, but others out of goodwill. The latter do so out of love, knowing that I am here, knowing, <laughs> knowing that I am put here for the defense of the gospel. The former preach Christ out of self-ambition, not sincerely, supposing that they can stir up trouble for me while I am in chains. But what does it matter? The important thing is that in every way, whether from false motives or true, Christ is preached, and because of this, I rejoice. Yes, and I will continue to rejoice for the. For I know that through your prayers and God's provision of the Spirit of Jesus Christ that has happened to me will turn out for my deliverance. I eagerly expect and hope that I will in no way be ashamed, but will have sufficient courage, so that now as, as always Christ will be exalted in my body, whether by life or by death. For to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. If I am going, if I am going, if I am to go on living in the body, this will mean fruitful labor for me. Yet what shall I choose? I do not know. I am torn between the two. I desire to depart and be with Christ, which is better by far. But it is more necessary for you that I remain in the body. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain, and I will continue with all of you for your process and joy in the faith, 
so that through my being with you again, your boasting in Jesus Christ will abound on account of me. Thanks, Brindley. Awesome. Well, we definitely have a longer text for tonight, um, but I'm excited to look at uh, this specific text. So um, from this text, we can see that Paul understood that the church was concerned for him. So he wrote to them to share the bright side of the situation that he's going through. To the church, all they saw was Paul's bad circumstances, that he was suffering and facing the potential of death. They felt worried, sad, and concerned for him. But Paul writes to encourage them and to show them how God was using the situation Paul was in, that God was working in that situation and that God was bringing goodness out of it. So as we look at this text section by section, this is one of the overarching themes of this scripture that we're going to be talking about. Paul is highlighting how to have joy in the midst of suffering. Joy in the midst of suffering. So his first reason, reason number one for joy in the midst of suffering is the spreading of the gospel. Because of his circumstances, brothers and sisters in Christ were encouraged becoming more confident to proclaim the good news without fear, of the conse- without fear of what the consequences might be. Why? Because they saw how willing Paul was to endure the hardships for the sake of the gospel. Paul showed them by example, by being imprisoned, by being beaten, by being stoned. In 2 Corinthians 11, Paul talks about some of the hardships that he's endured for the sake of preaching the gospel. 2 Corinthians 11 says, Five times I received from the Jews the 40 lashes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was pelted with stones. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and a day in the open sea. I have been constantly on the move. I have been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from my fellow Jews, in danger from Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger at sea, and in danger from false believers. I have labored and toiled and have often gone without sleep. I have known hunger and thirst and have often gone without food. I have been cold and naked. At least he wasn't in Antarctica, though. (laughs) Um, But, man, he's just going through a lot. Like, he's been through a lot. Um, And it's all for the sake of the gospel. And that is one thing that we're going to look at tonight. And that's what Paul's encouraging his audience with. He's saying... I am in prison, and I am about to die potentially. I don't know. Um, But that's okay because the gospel is being spread. Um, Paul had gone through horrible suffering because he believed that the gospel was worth suffering for. Through his examples, other believers became more more bold and started preaching without fear. And because of this, Paul rejoices because even though he is in chains, His ultimate goal and purpose are being fulfilled. He mentions in verse 15 through 17 that there are people who are preaching the gospel for the wrong reasons. And in verse 18, Paul says, but what does it matter? The important thing is that in every way, whether from false motives or true, Christ is preached. And because of this, I rejoice. Paul recognizes that the biggest win is Christ being preached. The motivation someone has in preaching the gospel is left for God to judge. 
Paul will rejoice knowing that the gospel being, Paul will rejoice knowing that through the gospel being preached, people will receive salvation. Reason number two for joy, the hope for future deliverance. Philippians 1, 18 uh, through 20 says, yes, and I will continue to rejoice for I know that through your prayers and God's provision of the spirit of Jesus Christ, what has happened to me will turn out for my deliverance. I eagerly expect and hope that I will in no way be ashamed, but will have sufficient courage so that now as always, Christ will be exalted in my body, whether by life or death. So another reason that Paul has joy in the midst of suffering is that he is hopeful for future deliverance. Because of the Philippians' prayer, prayers for him and because of God's provision, Paul is hopeful that he will be released from prison. But Paul also knew that death was a possibility. And he recognized that regardless of whether he lives or dies, that Christ is exalted through his life. And Paul further explains this in the next section. He says, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. If I am to go on living in the body, this will be fruitful labor for me. Yet what shall I choose? I do not know. I am torn between the two. I desire to depart and to be with Christ, which is better by far. But it is more necessary for you that I remain in the body. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain. And I will continue with all of you and your progress for your progress and joy in the faith. So that through my being with you again, your boasting in Christ Jesus will abound on account of me. So Paul's reason number three for joy is that Paul had an eternal perspective. I love the way that the Amplified Version says, Philippians 1.21, it says, For me to live is Christ. He is my source of joy, my reason to live and to die is gain, for I will be with him in eternity. Paul understood that his circumstances did not have to define his joy. I think that we all go through different trials, different hardships. We all have things that we have to endure. Um, it's hard to have a good perspective in the midst of those things. It's hard to, to say, oh, well, it's okay. Everything's going to be all right. Or like having joy in the midst of suffering. Like to me, that's always been like a really foreign concept of like, how can we, how can we do that? Like, how can we live that out? Um, but the reason that Paul was able to do this is because he had an eternal perspective. He saw that living his life meant to live for God, meant to live his whole life for Jesus. And so the biggest win, like I said, it, it was the gospel being preached. It was the spread of the gospel. It was more people coming to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior to receive salvation. Um, and we're going to continue and we're going to see why the gospel being preached, why the spread of the gospel is the most important thing um, that we can value or live our lives for. Um, so one thing that Paul recognized um, is that this life is temporary. James 4.14 says, what is your life? You are a, you are a midst that appears for a little while and then vanishes. 2 Corinthians 4.18, so we fix our eyes 
not on what is seen, but what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Eternal. Um, everything in this life is temporary. Everything is fleeting. Everything is perishing. This is going to all turn to dust, which is just crazy reality um, that we live in, is that the things that we place value in, um, they're not going with us. If you are a believer in Jesus, then you have eternal life. Eternal life is the best thing that we can have. It's forever. It's eternity. Forever. It's never ending. Everything in this life is ending. Everything is coming to an end. What you're going after right now, not that it's bad that you're going after it, you know, whatever it is, your goals, your life, your ambitions, whatever you have, whatever you're looking forward to, those things are good. But they're all perishing. Um, and that's, that's, that's the perspective that Paul's writing from. He's, he's seeing that, man, I'm going through it. People are stoning me. People are, I'm shipwrecked and going without food. I am in prison right now, and the reality is, is that I might die. Um, but he's filled with joy. So my question is how? how? How is he filled with joy in the midst of suffering? Um, and it's because he saw things in a clear lens. He saw that what had the most worth was the gospel. Gospel simply means good news. It is telling someone about who Jesus is and what he has done. Who Jesus is and what he has done. So I'm sure most of you from coming here, if you've come here for a while, you know who Jesus is and we've talked about his life, his death, and his resurrection. Jesus came to earth as a human being, fully God, also fully human, and lived a life just like we did as far as being birthed into this world and growing up and being in diapers and going to, to school and having a family and having goals and things that he wanted, I'm sure, in this life. And then he he lived his life for God. And he did miraculous things and miraculous healings and shared who God was. That's what he lived his life for, is to share the Father's true nature, to help people know that God is good that you can come to him and you can know him and he died on the cross for us to have that personal relationship with him so that we would no longer be separated from him but could have eternal life in him. John 3:16 I know we all have heard and know this one for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. 
this is the good news. Is that God so loved you and 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 you, you, every one of us individually. Individually, he loved every single one of us. He so loved us that he gave us Jesus. The only one who could live the life that we were called to live, but couldn't. Which is a sinless life. We all, unfortunately, we mess up. We make mistakes. We fall into temptation. We fall into sin. But Jesus was different. Jesus didn't. Jesus lived his life perfectly as a human and as God. And he did it out of his love for us. And that, and so by him doing that and taking our place and dying the death that we deserve to die, the sinner's death, by him doing that in our place and by him resurrecting from the dead three days later, we have life. We have eternal life in him. And when we share that with people, when we share that truth with people who maybe don't know it, or maybe haven't received that, they cross over from death to life. Why? Because the gospel brings life. It takes us from death to life. Jesus does. But how are they supposed to come to know Jesus if we're not telling them about Jesus? Not only are we telling them about Jesus and the good news, are we living that with our lives? Are we reflecting that with our lives? I talked a little bit about that if you were here for the, the last sermon that I preached on discipleship. So how are we living our lives? Are we living our lives in a way that reflect the truth of the gospel? Ephesians 2, 8 through 10 says, For it is by grace you have been saved, through faith. And this is not from yourselves, it is a gift from God, of God. It is the gift of God. Not by work so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared for us in advance to do. It is through faith in Jesus, through faith in what Jesus has done for us, that we are saved. It is a gift that he's given us. It's not something that we could earn. It's not something that we ourselves could do. We can't walk it out, but God can, Jesus can, and he did for us. He says that we're God's handy. We're created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. God created us on purpose, for a purpose. Each of you has purpose. God created each of you with a purpose. And part of that purpose is to share the gospel. That's what Paul was relaying to the Philippians. Is there, he wanted them to be encouraged. He wanted them to become more confident, to become more bold. So that they would, they would go and preach the gospel and not fear the repercussions. Because the repercussions of them were real. Repercussions of, of preaching the gospel was real like serious, unlike us today. Um, we live in a society where we don't have to worry about being imprisoned 
excommunicated from our families or have to face death for sharing our beliefs. We live in a society where we are able to share our beliefs freely for the most part in comparison to other countries. In countries like North Korea, Afghanistan, and Somalia, to name a few, conversion to Christianity can be a death sentence. Let me read you guys a couple of quotes from my research. When someone is discovered to be a Christian in North Korea, they will be arrested and imprisoned in one of North Korea's terrible labor camps or even killed on the spot. Their families to the fourth generation share their same fate as well. In Afghanistan, it's an Islamic state by constitution. The country does not permit any faith other than Islam to exist. It's illegal to convert. To convert to a faith outside Islam is treason because it's seen as a betrayal of family, tribe, and country. Those who are discovered to be Christians may be sent to a mental hospital because their families believe no sane person would leave Islam. They may also be beaten or even killed by family members or members of Islamic extremist groups like the Taliban. So in these countries, the sacrifice is extreme. It means potentially giving your life for. It means potentially losing your family. It means being outcasted from society or being put in a horrible camp. That's the reality that some people live in and it's heartbreaking, guys. It's heartbreaking that some people, if they share that they're a Christian or if they come to know Jesus, like that's the reality and that's what Paul was facing. That's what they were facing in this book. But why were they doing that? It's because they believe that the gospel had utmost significance. The gospel had undefinable value. The gospel was worth laying down their lives for. Do we believe that? It's a real question. Do we believe that? Do we believe that the, go- the gospel is of up- utmost significance, that it is worth laying down our very lives for, that it has undefinable value because we're not focusing on this life, we're not focusing on the temporary, but we're setting our hearts and minds on things above and we're worrying about the people that are sitting right next to us. There are people that are sitting right next to you who maybe don't know Jesus. Well, maybe not necessarily here, but maybe here. I don't know. I mean, I'm not going to assume. Um, People at your schools, people in your family, people that do not know that God is good. They do not know that Jesus came down and died the death we deserve to die because he loves them. They don't know that. What are we called to do? We're called to share that. We're called to live our lives to reflect that. God gave us the gospel to be an ambassador of it and to live our whole lives for it. 
Because it's the best thing ever. The good news is the best thing ever. There is nothing more important in this life than, than the good news. We think that there is, but it's a lie. There's not. don't know why I'm pausing. <laughs> Dramatic effects, no. I feel like I'm trying to convince you, but it's something that I believe with my whole heart, with my whole life, from God's word, from what Jesus did on the cross. I believe, truly guys, I truly believe that it's out of love that God died for us. It's not to make us feel guilty. It's out of love out of his goodness, why else would he do it? Why would Jesus come and die for us if it wasn't? It, it just doesn't make, going off, but it just doesn't make any sense to me of like why. It's because he loves you. It's because he sees you. It's because he knows you. It's because he created you. He created you for a purpose, on purpose, because you are, you are valuable to him. You have value. Every single one of you have value. God values you. He would die just for you. It's one thing God told me. He told me, Kaylee, I would die just for you. And I was blown away. I was blown away at that reality that God loves each individually one of us so much that he would die just for us. Sometimes we just hear that God died, you know, for us, and we think it's everybody, which it is, but we just kind of in our mind are like, at least for me, I was like, well, yeah, there's a bunch of people, so I could see how he would die for all of humanity. <laughs> but it's crazy that God's love, it's so radical, it's so much just for you that he would die just for you. the good news. It's life changing. It's eternity changing. Big idea. The gospel is worth any sacrifice because it is eternity changing. Do we believe that the gospel is worth any sacrifice? Sometimes it's, it's uh, so I talked about the sacrifice for Paul and the sacrifice for other countries. It's, it's death. It's being beaten. It's going to prison. We can't relate to that. Not really. None of us are fearful. Um, I watched a, yeah, I watched a video of a, another country, and they took all of, all of the Bibles in, in the city, and they burned them. Are we worried about that? No. Because we don't, we don't live in that. We don't live in a country like that. We have freedom. <laughs> I see all some eye rolls. I'm not going into that. We have freedom in comparison to other countries. Yes. <laughs> um, so, so what does it look like for us to sacrifice for the sake of the gospel? To be uncomfortable. To step out of our, our comfort zone. To step out of our... I want to 
look cool. I want to fit in. I don't want people to see me and think that I'm a Jesus freak or that I'm weird or that I, I want to be like my friends. I want to, not that your friends aren't Christian, but, you know, in, in the society that we live in, like, is it cool to be a Christian? Maybe. In my experience in high school, no. Like, that wasn't the cool thing. Um, are, we, are we willing to sacrifice our comfort? Are we willing to, even though it's uncomfortable, to tell your friend who's an atheist or agnostic or what, spiritual, whatever they want to, whatever the category is, is it, are you willing to step out of your comfort zone and say what I'm saying right now, hey, Jesus loves you. Hey, he died just for you because he values you, because he sees you, because that's our God. Do you believe do you believe in the gospel? Do you believe in what Jesus has done? Do you believe that it's eternity changing? Do you believe that it has significance? What are you doing with that? I'm asking myself that question too. What are we, what are we doing? Are we being good stewards of the good news? Are we willing to step outside of our comfort zone? Are we willing to tell that person who in our faith we believe is going to hell Because eternal life comes from Jesus. And what Jesus has done, we can't earn it. There's nothing we could do to earn it. So if it's not something we earn, just being a good person isn't going to get us there. It's what Jesus has done for us, and Jesus has done for us alone. They need to know. If you were here with me, the last time that I preached, I shared about my best friend, Emily, who died. It's really hard for me to to talk about that because she's very, very special to me. Um, but it's something that comes to my mind of like how it actually is eternity changing. My best friend didn't know Jesus. She didn't have a relationship with Jesus. God used me to share the gospel with her. In some moments that was hard. It was hard when God was telling me, hey, you need to send her the scripture this morning. <laughs> like, I don't know how she's going to receive that. Or... I'm going to ask her to do a Bible study. I don't know how she's going to receive that. It's still what we're called to do, even though it's uncomfortable. And now my best friend, context, my best friend died in December in a car accident. It was really tragic. It's hard to talk about. But God used me to disciple her, used me to share the gospel with her. She came to know Jesus and have a relationship with Jesus. And she came from death to life. She is in heaven with God right now. Nothing she could have done to get there as far as like being a good person. Yes, Emily was a good person. She was nice. She was funny. She was amazing. She was an amazing friend. I will not take that away from her because she was. She was kind. She was compassionate. She was an amazing person. That's not how we get eternal life. That's not how we spend forever with Jesus. It's only through Jesus and what he has done that we have eternal life. I'm 
And it's through me being willing to be uncomfortable and not knowing her reaction and sharing the good news with her that she's in heaven right now. And she died in a car accident. She, I mean, it was, it's gone. 22. 22 years old. Like that, just gone. You don't know when somebody's last moment is. That's why I share that. It's because you just don't know. You do not know. Because the truth is, is I'm sure you've heard this, but tomorrow's not promised. The next second's not promised. You don't know. I had no idea. Talked to her two days before she died on the phone. I did not know that was going to be my last conversation with her. I'm glad I prayed with her. I'm glad I told her that God loves her. I believe with my whole heart that the gospel is worth any sacrifice. And that's what Paul believed. And I believe that is what tonight's message is about. That it's worth any sacrifice in our lives. I'm going to ask a question. Is there anybody here tonight that has never said, I believe in Jesus, who has never made him personally your Lord and Savior because you've seen how much he loves you, because you've seen how much he values you, because you see his love and have responded to that by saying, I accept that, Jesus. What you have done for me, I accept that. Lord, thank you for that. Is there any person here who has never done that before who would say, I want to do that right now? this may be awkward but it's what God placed on my heart told me there's one person here who doesn't know that they're loved that he loves you and sees you and knows you and tonight you can go from death to life and have eternity in God Well, I just want to say that if there anybody, is anybody who, who is that just doesn't want to raise their hand, that's okay. To please come find me sometime tonight so that I can pray with you, if that is you. But to end, guys, I've said it, I'll say it again. We're ambassadors of the gospel. God has given you the message of the gospel. It's worth any sacrifice because it's eternity changing. So let's go ahead and talk about that together in our small groups. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you.
High school. Middle school. Yes. Girls, boys, you're dismissed. <laughs>